Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to another great episode of the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show. So glad to have you guys join us with us this evening. We're going to have a fantastic show for you. Really appreciate all you great guys listening. And then definitely don't forget the number to call in and join the show, 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572, September 15th. Definitely glad to have you join us. We're going to get started in just a couple moments. First, we got to thank our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So definitely check out Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Buy yourself the four-pack at flbbqsauce.com. And it's flbbqsauce.com. You have classic heat wave, honey mustard, and fusion. Please let us know which one of the four you liked. Guess what, folks? Tomorrow, I will be Chef G's right at Gaston's only, yearly only barbecue. He has it once a year. It's been sold out. I got, I registered, got everything all taken care of, so I wasn't left out. I will be with Chef G's at his location on his only yearly barbecue so those who didn't get it you'll see the post the location is 301 south 22nd street right there in tampa florida that's where i'll be at tomorrow with chef g's and in honor of chef g's florida barbecue sauce we're going to go ahead and play the chef g's florida barbecue sauce song written by sam scola really appreciate sam scola he wrote the introduction song and he wrote this song sam scola is from maine Really appreciate Sam Scola and his wife, Mary. They're fantastic people. So I'm going to play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, and we're going to continue on 
here on the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. Counting for variety, Chef G's blowing up barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's blowing up barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage, a classic Chicken steak tips, a hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G. Florida barbecue sauce, Chef G's, Florida barbecue sauce. Yes, folks. Thank you, Chef G's, Florida barbecue sauce. Thank you so much, Sam Scola. Really appreciate you. Again, that's flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. We're going to go ahead and begin the show on a somber note. Unfortunately, the hope of wide receiver Mike Williams pulling out and making it, unfortunately, did not come to pass. Let me just give you guys a recap real quick of what happened on Wednesday Early Wednesday, let's say almost around noontime, I had gotten notice that Mike Williams, this was last Wednesday, not this Wednesday that just passed, that this past this week, the Wednesday prior, I had gotten a, saw a lot of reports that unfortunately Mike Williams, the former wide receiver from the Bucks, passed away. Unfortunately, he had a construction accident where a beam fell on his head. And several, several media outlets reported that he had passed. And I found out a day late, so to speak, from that news. I had checked several sources. They all said the same thing, that he did indeed pass. I posted up a picture on social media, my, both my business page from Facebook, the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. And I also posted it on Instagram, my personal Instagram and Facebook a picture of me and Mike Williams and saying my condolences. Well, instead of being a day late, I will end up being a day early because then the very next day they said that Mike Williams, you know, they erroneously reported it on the news, but he was not dead. He actually was on life support and clinging on to his life from this accident. So he wasn't actually technically dead. So that was a sigh of hope. So I put an edit on all the social media pages that, you know, I didn't delete the post. I put an edit that, hey, the news had gotten it wrong. He's still alive, but he's in life support. Please continue to pray. And then Thursday, they took him off life support. And unfortunately, that same Tuesday, unfortunately, the news came out. And this time it was confirmed that he did pass. 
So I went from a day to a day too early to now the post is unfortunately edited and it is correct. I apologize for you know confusion, but this was from a lot of sources. That's why I kind of hate when people put misleading information on someone past. And what happens is you would think that somebody would catch it, but basically news media, they just kind of just copy and paste it and they just sling it along. Unfortunately, that's what happened in this case. And then finally it got verified it was not the case. But now, unfortunately, it is the case. Mike Williams did unfortunately pass away on Tuesday. It seemed like that Tuesday was like that the, the rough day. So let me just tell a quick story about Mike Williams, and then we'll do a moment of silence for him. Mike Williams used to come by my former employer several times. I mean, he came by several times. And the reason why he came by so many times is that in the office, we promoted United Way. I was, you know, a gold tier giver, which meant that I give, gave a lot to United Way to get to that high class of, of king giver. But that's not the point of the story. Mike Williams used to come there quite often to get more people to donate to United Way by him showing up and having his presence and promoting it. People in the office, you know, they would go ahead and do their thing and make sure they gave more because of Mike Williams. He did so often, so many times that he didn't come to the office just once. He came there multiple times. Typically, we would have one Bucks player, a random Bucks player, one time per year. So it's kind of like Chef G's barbecue. It was one time a year. If you missed it, you were done for that year. You would have to wait till next year. He was the first player that actually returned. Usually it was one player that we had randomly from a Bucks. No one knew who it was till the day of or a few days before. He was the first player to actually make a return visit. And he came to the office multiple times. So much so that I used to joke with my colleagues and say, hey, we need to put Mike Williams on a payroll because he's always coming in, helping out with the United Way donation. I know that he's doing it you know, to help out United Way. It, was, it wasn't anything he was charging for anything, but I was just making a joke that he's coming here so often they need to pay him a little bit of something. You know, he was just doing that out of kindness of his heart and giving back to the community. He's a fantastic man. I've had the opportunity of meeting Mike Williams. Not only did I meet him in the office quite a few times, I met him in Tampa Bay where he used to play for the Bucks. Always very personable. It's very, very sad. My condolences go out to the entire family, friends, the entire Bucks organization. It is a significant and a sad loss. You know, Mike Williams is just 36 years young. This was a construction accident. A beam fell on him. Unfortunately, this happened right here in Tampa, just right basically in my backyard. I, I, you know, I live 10 minutes away from Tampa. I live in Brandon, but people who know people in Brandon know that they can get to Tampa real quick. So it is really close to home. Again, I say my sincere condolences and prayers to the entire Bucks organization, all friends and family, everybody's affected by the passing of Mike Williams, his family, and the entire Buck Nation. So what we're going to do is going to do a moment of silence for Mike Williams, and then we're going to go ahead and officially begin the show for this week. So this is a moment of silence 
in honor of wide receiver Mike Williams. Yes, and may Mike Williams rest in peace. We're going to go ahead and do our very best to continue with a fantastic show talking about NFL. We're going to bring on a fantastic caller right now. Hey, Lou, how you been? Okay, man. How you been? I, I didn't even know how close Okay. I didn't even know how close you were to the time I went as well. It's just a shame, though. Mm. Yeah, it really is. It really mm. is. Yeah. It's a shame. I mean, just that week, a little over a week of gut-wrenching, of hiring yeah. about this accident, them erroneously reporting he was passed, yeah. then getting hope that he was on life support. Right. And then they took him off life support, and it sounded like he was doing not much better, but a little bit better. And then, unfortunately, he did succumb to his injuries and pass a few days after being taken off life support. So yeah. it was like a roller coaster of emotion. It really is sad because, you know, as as I mentioned in the story, that yeah, he came by the office quite quite often, and I used to joke they need to put him on a payroll, yeah. you know, as a joke. But well, that's how often he came by. So we. So we both lost somebody, you know, over the past couple weeks. You lost somebody, and I lost a family member. So uh, I guess uh, I can uh, relate to that. So, um, you know, my condolences, of course, and, um, you know. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry about your loss, and too. I heard, I, know. You had, I heard you had a, uh, a new caller last week. <laughs> I'm sorry? You had a new caller last week. Oh, yes, yes, we did. We did. We sure did. <laughs> Diane, that's yes, right. <laughs> I happen to know. Yes, you're right. I got to thank yes. you and Diane. That, that's fantastic to hear from her. Because, you know. For those of you who don't know, folks, uh, Diane and I know each other in real life. <laughs> we do. Yeah. That's, yes. that's great. Well, you, you've gone to the show, and, and, and she's been on with, with you, so... You probably know that, but she is a she is my my girlfriend actually. So, uh, but she's been a wonderful support of the show for the five and a half years I've been on. Ah, okay. So anyway, well, we've had some good moments this week. I mean, now I gotta admit, I did not take the Jets in last week's game. I mean, okay, yeah, they were at home and whatnot, sure. And you know, Aaron, the big talk was on Aaron Rodgers' debut. Little do we know is gonna be so short. You know, four snaps and then get injured. Well, I kind of thought he was going to get injured. I didn't think it'd be in the opening minutes of the game, but you know, at his age and whatnot, yeah, I was probably thinking I uh, see the old the uh, Rogers of the past few years rather than his glory years. But who'd have thought that you know our backup quarterback would step in and win the game and win the game for the Jets? What a bizarre turn of events. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, that is really, really tough. And unfortunately for Aaron, this is not the first time it's happened where he's got injured in the in a opening, like in the beginning of the season. I remember having him as my quarterback some years ago in fantasy football, and he got injured and was taken out the game yeah. early in the game. And he was out for pretty much, I don't think he missed the entire, I think he did miss either the entire season or the majority of the season. And yeah, what are your thoughts on that first and foremost about the Aaron inj- Aaron Rodgers injury? Devastating to be honest. You know, like I said, I we didn't think this was going to happen. 
but did anyway. And that's a, that's a black guy for um, the Jets organization out for the season after all the buildup of, you know, looking at what we're going to do this year and now it's just over just like that. So completely a devastating injury to all Jet fans. It is. I mean, even if you're not an Aaron Rodgers fan per se, it's kind of devastating because not kind of, it is devastating because you want to see how he was going to do for the Jets and injuries are out of control a lot of times. And it was just one of those things, unfortunate things when you get up there in age, you fall down and, but he did, he did seem pretty positive. I did see his, his note that he put on Instagram, very nice note after the surgery, thanking everybody yeah. that called out, called and reached out to him. I thought that was really cool and gave him, you know, hope and prayers, but I know that he's going to try to make it back. If the, you know, if they make it to the playoffs, I, I don't think he's done for the entire season. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it was a partially torn uh, ACL, I would say yes, but since it's a full-blown tear, I don't think it's a chance. You had to let the half of the heel for the entire time. You know, it's a full-blown tear, and at his age, well, uh, football-wise speaking, I don't see him coming back this year. I, I mean, I, I'm a hold old up I mean, in reality, 39 is an old boy. You're a football player. Yeah, you're kind of past your prime, and the injuries, um, you know, are slower to heal. So, um, you know, it does it does look very doubtful that he will return to the postseason if they make it that far. Which right now nobody's even really giving him a chance. I mean, all the sports books have decreased the Jets odds of making the playoffs. They're not winning a Super Bowl, but uh, making playoffs now with Rodgers out. So um, this is a this is a devastating blow. And even uh, Robert Sala, the head coach, even uh, said that. It is a devastating blow, and it it is something that no one saw coming. But I do think, you know what? I think the Jets can galvanize against this, and they have a shot. You know, they're they're not they didn't they're not that bad of a team. They have a lot of players on that team, and. If Zach Wilson can just go ahead and play and not hurt the team, make, you know, give it to your playmakers, manage the game, you know, get the ball to your playmakers. Don't, don't try to be a hero. Just don't force it. Just get it to your playmakers. Let them make the plays, be like a game manager. And you never know. And not only that, the fact that Aaron Rodgers got that surgery so quick, I think there is a possibility that he could come back, meaning he got yeah. the diagnosis. He got the surgery right away. It's, it's week two coming up this weekend and NFL season is longer now. And then if you get into the playoffs, it's, you have some time, but the question remains this, if let's say the, the jets hold and they do pretty well and they make the playoffs, would you start Aaron if he was ready to go? Being has been out for so long, uh, no. So you're th- no, you're, you would put finish. you would say he's done for the year, regardless. Then basically, if he does come back, I don't think you'd start right away. Okay, that's interesting. I don't know. It's a tough decision. You're paying this guy a lot of money. He does have playoff experience. I mean, that does make a big difference. Like. 
let's say Zach Wilson does pretty good and holds down the fort, which I do think he will. I do think Zach Wilson okay. is going to play better because he he has a golden opportunity now. He's a guy who basically lost his job, had the fight to kind of hang on the roster. Now he's got he's in the driver's seat now. And if he balls out, you know what? Anything is possible. Anything is possible at this point. We've seen we've seen guys who kind of like, you know, kind of got humbled, started off cocky, got humbled, learned a lot from that situation, and came back a lot better. I do believe Zach Wilson can do that. He has a lot of playmakers. You just got to get him the ball. Yeah, but you got a new hero in Green Bay named Jordan Love. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Love is doing his thing. It's the Jordan Love era and in Green Bay. And I think if he continues to play great, they're going to forget about Aaron. Especially being that Aaron is not playing now. He's out. So, I know, right? <laughs> you know, it, that's how rough football is. That's how rough football is. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that, too. I know the Jets did say they're not interested, but how did you think about them, about Colin Kaepernick reaching out to the Jets to, to kind of steal a job? Forget it. Forget it. Never, they'll never take him. They'll never take him. <laughs> Come on. He's been out now, what, five years? Who's going to be interested in taking him? I mean, he's old. He's older now. He's got, he's got to be losing a few steps. It would be a bad move financially, physically, and whatnot. And, you know, he's not going to change. He's not going to change his yeah. image. He's still going to be griping about everything. So uh, I don't want to see a repeat of that. So uh, I would say uh, no. I wouldn't want it. And I don't think you just want it either. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going to talk more about Colin Kaepernick and situation two a bit later in the show. But a lot of what you just said, I agree with. And it's been, I believe, now close to seven years he's been out as far as playing on yeah. an NFL team. You know, and yeah, it, it, I agree. And for a moment, though, I kind of like held my breath like they are in need of a quarterback. Now that Aaron is out, crazy things have happened. And then they 24 hours later, they shot it down and said, no, we were we're not interested. Basically, we're not going to sign him. So but for 24 hours until they actually made a statement, you were wondering, like, they might be desperate enough to do it. Of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, you have to go after him. Uh... Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I know that you didn't expect Aaron to go down. And I, let's be real, Zach Actually, wasn't your I number did. one. You did expect him to go down. Yes, I didn't think he was going to live. Maybe not right away. But uh, I did expect him to go down. I mean, you know, he's not the same person he once was. And I feared that he was going to get injured, you know, at some point in the season. Was it going to be game one? No, I didn't think that. But I knew it was going to happen at some point, And it wasn't going to, you know, be, you know, healthy all through the season. So, uh, you know, I kind of expected it to happen. Wow. See, Lou knows it, man. So you expected him not to play the whole season. He was going to be injured at some point. Yes, especially at his age. Yeah, he's get, he's getting up there. Unfortunately, he's getting up there. Father Father yeah, Time is undefeated. Football years older than I am. Ugh. Yeah, Father Time is undefeated. 
all the time on Fortune's Undefeated. But yeah, what did you? Th- what were your thoughts about the Jets? Otherwise, you know, once he came, you know, Zach came in and the team. How do you feel as if the team played afterwards? Now that was probably the biggest surprise because I thought with Rogers out in Buffalo having a pretty good lead, I really didn't think that you know the Jets had much of a chance. But somehow uh, Wilson stepped up and we uh, shocked everybody. Yeah, they stole a win against a a top tier defender, and I think that's yeah. that's so true, Lou. I think you could steal a game or two, the first game or two, from a team that's better than you, if you play really well. Just because it's it's a you know, teams are kind of getting in the groove. You're not there yet. You could steal a win, and that's exactly what the Jets did. They stole a win, and against a division opponent, against a top tier team. So they're sti- they're sitting really well. Yeah, but it's kind of hard to tell the first week. Let's see what happens in the weeks to come. My last thought on on the Jets: How do you think Zach Wilson's going to do from here on in? Uh, I just <laughs> got another quarterback. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Do you think Zach Wilson makes it throughout the year, or they're going to get another quarterback? Get another quarterback. Get one quickly. Wow. <laughs> I hope Zach Wilson didn't hear you. <laughs> he's not aware of the show. <laughs> of mine. He's not aware? Of my show? No. Well, you know, never know, you know. Mm. But, yeah. Speaking of your show, what do you got cooking this weekend? All right, where should we start? Oh yeah, we'll cover, um, of course, your uh, college and pro football predictions. I also have a lot of thoughts on the first week of the NFL season. Uh, number one, um, also WNBA playoffs, uh, baseball, uh, pa- baseball playoff races, and we'll also have recaps of the uh, FIBA World Cup tournament and. The uh, finals of the U.S. Uh, Open that happened uh, over the weekend, over last week, I should say. That's awesome. Sounds like you have a fantastic yeah. show. Number 512-543-4662 is number between 4 and 6 p.m. That's Eastern time. For those of you at the Central, it's 3 to 5. Yeah, so definitely that sounds like it's going to be a great show. And tell them about the YouTube channel, too. Of course, we're also on YouTube. Uh, first thing I do is go into YouTube. Number two, type in these exact words, the Enhanced Sports Show, and and it'll be up on video. Now, whether you get to hear yourself on the air after the show is over, uh, that's another thing altogether. But we're trying to work on an issue. Nope. Yeah, so definitely. He's got a fantastic show, folks. Lou, the Enhanced Sports Show is tomorrow between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. And make sure you call in at 512-543-4662. Again, it's 512-543-4662, the Enhanced Sports Show. And definitely check them out on YouTube. Just type in Enhanced Sports Show. You'll get a chance to see Lou. And definitely, he has a great show. Um, You know, definitely, I'm going to do my best to call in. I don't know if you missed that part, but I will be with Chef G's tomorrow. And I do have another birthday party to go to. 
tomorrow as well. One of the one of my daughter's classmates birthday party. So I'm gonna do my best to call in and support Lou. You guys make sure you call in too and hold down the fort. Yeah. Definitely. Right. I'm hoping and praying yeah. things are doing a lot better for you. I know it was a lab, a tough week for you for the loss. Yes. I'm hoping things turn around a lot better for you this weekend. Yeah. I'm I'm sure. I mean, uh, we're getting back. Well, I'm getting slowly back to normal. But um, thank you. You're welcome. That's encouraging, Lou. Always a pleasure. Always tremendously appreciate you. That's the legend, Lou, folks. Really appreciate you, Lou, from mm-hmm. the Enhanced Sports Show. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you for calling in. Really appreciate it. Thank you. So that's the great, great Lou. Make sure you guys call in tomorrow. The Enhanced Sports Show for Lou is outstanding. And always, always a pleasure to have Lou join us here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Make sure you guys call in and support him. That's going to be wonderful. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that a bit more, the Colin Kaepernick. You know what? I'm always for somebody getting an opportunity. You know, that's just the way it is. You know, I would say that I'm a player's guy, meaning I'm usually advocating for the players. And I appreciate Colin Kaepernick for at least staying in shape and being ready when that opportunity or if that opportunity comes up, that's admirable. Having said that, I really do hate to say this, but that window of opportunity, unfortunately, is coming to a close for for Colin Kaepernick. I, you know, I'm Mr. Positive too. I always say something positive. But one thing about me is that I'm also realistic too. The reason why I say this is I really do think Colin Kaepernick had an outstanding opportunity to sneak his way back into the league when that workout in Georgia went completely wrong. You got an opportunity after so many years to get an, a sniff to get back in the league and you botched it. I mean, for to say it nicely, you botched that opportunity. Changing the location, making it kind of like so hard for the for players and, and people to scout you. Then the press conferences afterwards, I think if it was handled a lot more professionally, a lot better, a lot smoother, a lot more transparent, I think Colin would have gotten an opportunity by somebody. But I think now it's like, you know, like, okay, okay, you you were kind of like saying all that rhetoric. We, we kind of ignored it. We finally let you get an opportunity to kind of hear what you had to say, do this workout. It was a disaster. And I think the league just said, we're closing the chapter in the book on the Colin Kaepernick comeback story. It is very clear. And now it's, it's, about seven years removed from actually playing on an NFL field right now, as much as Colin Kaepernick is in shape, there are unfortunately better options. It was kind of like a a move that Aaron Rodgers wasn't expected, but there's guys in the league that can pick up that are actually a better option than someone who hasn't played in the league for so long. And that's another thing too, folks, is that when Colin Kaepernick started to due to kneeling and all that stuff, he was about a half away from being benched. His play really declined. If you're going to start pulling 
stuff like this, making political statements and doing all this, you better make sure you are an all-star, you're a pro bowler, you are currently doing it actively. Because if you had a slide on the way down and you're doing it a game before you're about to get benched, it usually doesn't end well for you. You know, usually in sports, there's always that little underhand thing that that kind of like unforsaken rule that everybody knows, but it's not written down, that if you're a class A quote unquote jerk or you're a prima donna or you're a hot dog, but you actually perform outstanding on the field, people will put up with you. When you got a slide in your game and it's not doing well, unfortunately, that rule does not apply. So as much as I would love to have Colin Kaepernick come on our show and and he can talk to me and debate me with this and disagree with me, I'd be open to that. No harm, no foul. I, I just unfortunately don't see it. I just don't see it. And I just don't see it. You know, I just don't see it happening. You know, I appreciate the fact that he's ready, but I think at this point he should start looking for maybe another opportunity someplace else. You know, maybe try to play on an XFL team. You know, try to do that. I think that would get a lot of publicity, positive publicity. I think that you can actually show your talents in an actual NFL-type format and show them that, hey, that slide that you had on the way out the door was just a little bump in the road. I think that would be your best bet. And on that note, folks, I'm going to talk about sometimes when you have a slide in professional sports, sometimes it's best not to try to get back at the top, meaning that's what Colin Kaepernick is trying to do. He's trying to, let's say that the Jets were interested, hypothetically. You're going into a, a very, very, a situation that's usually top tier type quarterbacks get playing on a team that's highly competitive, not a team that's down road playing for the New York team. You know, maybe when you are kind of like in that situation, you shouldn't try to jump back in at the top of the list. George Foreman in his movie said a great thing. When I made my comeback tour to get back to get that championship, against Michael Moore, I didn't start at the top. I didn't come in after such a long layoff and try to fight the number one or number two guy that was fighting, let's say, at that point. I started from the bottom and worked my way up. And then as I got back up to winning, then I fought the top guy. And he even said, most guys try to come back and fight the number one or number two guy to make a statement. I didn't do that. I started at the lower level and worked my way up. Sometimes you get to swallow your pride and do that. It worked out fantastic for George Foreman. It's a great strategy because the guys at the top, they might not be interested in you. I'm going to talk more about this, that mindset a bit later in the boxing section. You got a lot to discuss on that. But yeah, sometimes when you get back in the game, you got to start at the bottom. No one likes to do that, but hey, that's the way to get back up to the top. So prayers for Aaron Rodgers. I hope he does come back before the season ends. And I'm glad he got that surgery right away. He didn't waste no time. I'm going to say that there's a possibility Aaron Rodgers comes back. They're paying him a lot of money. And 
if he could come back maybe a week or two before the season ends, I think there's a good possibility you might see him. But we will see. Other news that made headlines was that Baker Mayfield learned the signs from the Minnesota Vikings and he used that to his advantage. And hence the Bucks won and stole a game against the Vikings. Let me let you guys know that I do think at the first game of the year, the Vikings had a better team than the Bucks. I mean, I'm a Bucks fan, but I'm just going to call it for what it is. I do feel as if the Bucks, I'm sorry, the Vikings had a better team than the Bucks. However, I did call it right that I could see the Bucks stealing a game. Usually the first game or two, you have a chance of stealing a game against a team that is actually better than you. Baker Mayfield was able to learn the, the signs from Minnesota. Minnesota does need to work on some things, and I'm going to talk about those things in a few moments. But props to Baker Mayfield for studying, learning the signs, and using it to his advantage. You know, if you have very easy signs that someone could just learn that easily and use it to advantage, hey, that's on you. You know, Baker Mayfield was playing checkers while the Minnesota Vikings was playing. They were playing, Baker Mayfield was playing chess. The Minnesota Vikings were playing checkers. And he outsmarted them. Sometimes you got to outsmart your, your opponent, and that's what Baker Mayfield did. So props to Baker Mayfield on the big win and go ahead and play chess, not checkers. That's right. He did his thing. And, you know, he played a solid game. Got himself the win. Great way to start the season, beating the Vikings. And, you know, the thing about the Vikings after watching Thursday night's game and game one, the Vikings ain't there yet. I mean, as a team that should be doing a lot better, let me unpack that a little bit. They suffered really, really poorly last night on the run game. Props to Swift. He just basically ran over them. You know, they were doing the Eagles were doing that read option a lot and it really wasn't working at, at all way fake handing off to Swift, and then Jalen Hurts would try to run. That play, they did it, for me, too many times, the Eagles, and it wasn't working. Plus, they dropped five men back, and because they had zone coverage, five men dropping back in coverage, it was hard for Jalen Hurts to find lanes to throw the ball. You know, he actually got really blessed and lucky that he was able to throw the ball three times down the field for big games. And the Vikings need to show up that run defense for sure. They're struggling in that. They're also struggling in the turnover department. And they need to work on that as well. Another thing about the Vikings is that, you know, they were hurting themselves a lot. And you can't do that. Even if it's early in the game, you, you just can't do that in the NFL and expect to win. And that's the thing. You know, one of the things that has I've came to my attention this week one, going into week two, is you see the same thing in the behavior of top-tier wide receivers. They play a game, and they feel as if, hey, I'm a stud receiver, 
I can catch the ball and get a lot of yards. You should just keep feeding me the ball. And if you keep feeding me the ball, we're going to win. You saw this happening with A.J. Brown, got upset with Jalen Hurts because he wanted the ball more. The way the game was being played, the Eagles won the game because they understood that they had to take what the defense gave them. The defensive let him get some running yards. When Jalen Hurts did try to force a ball, which he did force a ball that had no business whatsoever being thrown in the middle of the field, he got picked. So with all due respect to A.J. Brown, football is a team game. And for all receivers, you know, the A.J. Browns, the T.O.s, the, you know, the, the guys who think that you should be just throwing me the ball, stud receiver, and we're going to win just on that, that is inaccurate. Sometimes you got to play. Football is a team game. You can't just force it to one guy because most defenses will let you kind of do that in certain games during the season. But when it comes to games that really matter during the season and definitely in the postseason, they're going to lock down that receiver. They're not going to let you just throw the ball to that receiver. They're going to usually double him. They're going to make it very tough for you to give him the ball. They're gonna, not only are they going to put their best defender on you, they're usually going to have somebody that has help. Sometimes they might double or triple team you. So you can't just put pressure on your quarterback to just force feed you the ball. That's when you have to rely on other guys on the team to do their thing. As they do their thing, that will create more opportunities for you because then the defense is going to have to shift their focus, and that's when you're going to get yours. And depending on how the game goes, you may not get 10-plus targets in a game. That's just how it goes. It's not that Jalen Hurts didn't want to throw you the ball. It's not that they don't want to win. It's that they don't want to force you the ball or make it too obvious they're going to you and just lock down on one receiver. Football is a team game. That is the first rule that I actually told my kids when I taught them football. Football is a team game. Don't lose sight of that. I know football wide receivers get into the me, 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 throw it to me, give me 15 targets a game and, and all that. It doesn't work out that way, especially not in games where it really matters. You know, sometimes, you know, they'll just say, all right, whatever. And they did that even last night. I think to a large degree, they locked down Justin Jefferson. They kept him. When I say locked down, they didn't eliminate all of his catches, but they kept him in check to a good part of the game. And then when the game started to kind of get away from the Vikings, that's when the defense kind of backed off him a bit and he got some more catches. And, you know, but they didn't let him go crazy. And that's smart defense. So the point is, wide receivers, man, you got to keep in mind it is a team game. You can't just have your quarterback force feed you the ball all game long. You got to spread the rock. Having said that, Stephon Diggs, unfortunately, was on the wrong side of media, a media blast. You know, for those who don't know, Stephon Diggs, there was a hot mic, meaning the mic was on before he got to the podium. One of the members of the media basically bad talked Stephon Diggs, thought it was private conversation to one or to two or three of our colleagues, and it wasn't. It was a hot mic. They caught it on the mic. 
She basically saying that Stefan Diggs is just, you know, he's a type of guy that will just be do does what he wants and not be nice whenever he wants to be. Is basically what the gist of it. You'll have to get the exact quote by doing a Google search, but it was offensive and Stefan Diggs did take offense to it. You know, he did say he was very candid in his uh, reply that, you know, he, he is human. And I think that's where some of the media needs to understand that. I work in the media too. And I could tell you just coming across a lot of players. I've been blessed to have come across and interview some multiple times. You're dealing with a person that has feelings. Respect is is earned, not given. And that goes on both sides of the ball. You you gotta give them respect. And this is type type of stuff like this is where distrust with the media begins. Is that hey I you know, in Stefan Diggs view, I'm nice to everyone. I try to carry myself accordingly. I like to have fun, but be nice to everybody out there. I don't know where this is coming from. Now I know that I don't get the impression from her that she really felt the way she said it it was taken as Stefan Diggs can you know basically be a jerk from time to time and it, even though it wasn't true and that's another point don't as a member of the media say tongue-in-cheek stuff that isn't true because some people will hear it and take it for face value that hey he's really not that nice of a guy even, even if that's not true gotta be careful your voice matters, you know, and I actually felt after reading the story and checking into it, I felt bad for Stefan Diggs because, you know, someone publicly dissed him and he didn't anticipate it and he was kind of surprised by it. So, you know, got to be careful to the things you're saying. Just because someone's a stud athlete doesn't mean they don't have feelings, doesn't mean they don't want to be respected, you know. And one of the things about star athletes is what makes them great, you know, what makes them great is a lot of times they do have some down aside with all the money, all the facade, all the success, the fame. Deep down aside, they do have insecurities about themselves. And that insecurity they use to mask that insecurity to be great at their job, you know. But, they, you know, if you dig deep enough, you'll find that usually there is some there even though they are extremely successful. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be revered. Everybody wants something positive said or written about them. Does that always happen? No. Everybody wants to people to kind of agree with everything they say or any opinion. Does that always happen? No. But be mindful that people have feelings too. Just because you're a star athlete doesn't mean that now you're oblivious to someone saying something offensive or somebody catching up guard with something that was offensive. And that's how Stefan Diggs took it. This was kind of like a blindside. He didn't expect it from the person who was saying it. But yeah, I wanted to say also, you know, it, you know, football season starting to come back really, really good. I like what I'm seeing. Guys are starting to get back into rhythm. I called it. I said the Eagles are going to win last night. I got week two prediction already right. I said the Eagles are going to win against Minnesota. And unfortunately, Minnesota is going to go down 0-2. And that's exactly what happened. 
and I'm going to give you the rest of my predictions for week two. So I got Eagles right. I did say the Eagles are going to win. Got that one right. So round of applause. So it's going to be a a very interesting week two because teams want to get back in rhythm quick, especially ones that lost in week one. So that, with that being said, one big and competitive game is the Ravens are playing the Bengals. This is going to be a big game because the Bengals did not do well in game one at all. Joe Burrow had a long day at the office right after signing that big contract. The pressure is on the Bengals. And the Ravens have been looking very good. This one actually is a tough pick. The Ravens against the Bengals is a tough pick. I'm going to go on a limb and say Joe Burrow finds his stride, gets back on a horse, uses his weapons, and the Bengals win a very close game against the Ravens. So, I have the Bengals winning against the Ravens. That is a tough, tough pick. And then we have the Seahawks versus the Lions. This is going to be a very good game as well. I do have the Seahawks winning. I just think that one of the weapons that the Lions don't have anymore is Jamal Williams. I think that was a big loss for them to let him go. So I think the Seahawks are going to win this game. We have the Colts versus Texans. The Colts I have winning this game. I just like what they're doing. Feel like they're going to catch their stride now. Texans are kind of like a work in progress. So I got the, the Colts winning against the Texans. Then the Bears versus the Bucks. This is a tough game for the Bucks. Let me tell you that right now. This is a tough game. And... We will see if it was any other team but the Bucks. I would have probably chose the other team. Just that this is a tough game for the Bucks, but I do think the Bucks defense will will stifle a bit when needed. I think they they just have to make sure they don't let Justin Fields go crazy. One of the things that the Bucks need to also work on, they need to work on their pass defense. I know that they made a pick this last week against the Vikings. They need to do more of that. Usually what I mean by pass defense, when it comes to the Bucks, if the quarterback does get the ball off, it usually results in a completed pass most of the time. You don't have too many. It doesn't feel like the defenders knock down balls or intercepted. They did get one last week. They need to do that and more. They need to work on their pass defense, not just pressure, but if they get the ball off, you need to be able to make things happen when the ball's in the air. The Bucks need to control Justin Fields and do good pass defense. They do that. They can win this game. This is going to be a tough game for the Bucks to win. I'm picking the Bucks just because they're my team, but we will see. Then we have the Chiefs versus the Jags. This is another big game for the Chiefs. The Chiefs started 0-1. They lost a game that was very winnable, although be it that you know, they they did play a team that that did do really well. That was the Lions and 
you know, I just think they need to make sure the Chiefs step up. You're going to have Kelsey back. I think things will feel a lot more comfortable for Mahomes. I think Tony will make sure he learns from his mistakes and make some catches. So I do think the Chiefs are going to win a very tough game against the Jags. It's going to be a game where they're going to have to bring their A game. But I do think the Chiefs win a very, very close game. We have the Packers versus the Falcons. I love Jordan Love, what he's doing. We talked about him earlier. Jordan Love is going to do his thing, and he is going to get this win. So I think the Packers are going to win. We have the Raiders against the Bills. Raiders actually pulled out a game last week. I just think uh, the Bills, Josh Allen, will get back on track. And I think this is the game that they do it. So I have the Bills beating the Raiders. We have the Chargers versus the Titans. And this is going to be a very competitive game. You know, you have Derrick Henry doing his thing. Chargers, I just think that the Chargers are going to be a little bit too much for the Titans. And I got the Chargers winning. They have a very good passing game. And if you fall behind, that is the Titans against the Chargers, you're really up an uphill battle the way their offense is. So I have the Chargers winning. We have the 49ers against the Rams. 49ers are clicking, already getting out the gates really strong. I have the 49ers winning against the Rams. Then we have the Giants and the Cardinals. Giants, I expect them to do a lot better in this game. Come a lot stronger. Cardinals are a good team to do it against. I just feel as if the Giants probably need another game. So I have I have the Cardinals winning, although I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants did win. But I do have the Cardinals winning. Jets versus the Cowboys. I think this is where the Jets run into trouble much as, you know, people like to not jump on the Cowboys bandwagon. I just feel as if the Cowboys are, are doing really well and they're the stronger team. They're going to end up beating the Jets. They have the Cowboys winning. We have the Commanders versus the Broncos. You know, this is a tough game. I think the Commanders are going to win. You know, the Broncos, I feel like they still have that in their head that when things don't, when they don't win those games, they start looking at, oh, here we go again. I think that's a theme that's in their head. I have the Commanders winning a really tough game. Then we have the Dolphins against the Patriots. I feel as if the Patriots' defense is very, very good, but I do feel as if the Dolphins have a little bit too much offense, even for a very good defense like the Patriots. I just feel as if the Dolphins are going to have, you know, the Patriots going to do really well, but I do think the Dolphins are going to find a way to squeak it out and win this game. We have the Saints versus the Panthers. This is a very, very interesting game. And as much as I don't want to go with the Saints, I am not going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Had they had Alvin Kamara playing, I would have definitely went with the Saints. I do think the Panthers are going to steal a win and get that win against the Panthers. So I have the Panthers winning against Saints. And we have the Browns versus Steelers. Steelers look really poor against in week one feels as if they're going to do better, but I do think the Browns are going to find a way to pull this game out. 
Nick Chubb and company. So I have the Browns beating the Steelers. So we shall see. So those are my predictions for week two. Love how the season's starting. What we're going to do right now is take a little break on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk show. Going to do a break with another Sam Scola song. We're going to do a little quick break. This is the sports theme song by Sam Scola right out of Maine. Again, if you guys need a great musician, reach out to me. I will connect you to Sam Scola. We'll make things happen. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary from Maine. They do awesome music. When I come back from the break, we're going to talk NCAA with Deion Sanders about Deion Sanders and also this coming up weekend with college football. We'll talk about the New York Yankees celebrating Old Timers Day. I'll discuss some insight on that. Talk about the Rays. And we're going to talk about some boxing. Yes. So a lot to discuss coming up here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We're going to take a quick break and continue forward. So enjoy the sports theme song by Sam Scola, folks. theme song by Sam Scola. So yes, folks, Deion Sanders wins another game and goes 2-0 now with the Colorado Buffaloes. You know, props to Deion Sanders and Colorado on winning, going up 2-0. I will just say this much. I really appreciate and respect Deion Sanders, what he's doing there in Colorado. I was not one of the 
doubters who didn't think they were going to do really well. Let me unpack that a little bit. When Deion Sanders got the job for Colorado and left Jackson State, I was not one of the people that was hating on that move. I understand coaching is a career path. You might do great in one location. You might get a better opportunity someplace else. Just like in corporate America, people say they're going to be someplace for a while, and it doesn't end up happening. That's just the way it goes. And it's not that I don't think people don't believe that, that they won't stay there, but they always say that they're going to stick around. And as soon as an opportunity comes up, that's awesome. They're out. For example, I used to work the late night shift. The late night shift was not overnight shift, but it was an afternoon shift that usually started around two o'clock at that time. And it ended around 10, 30, 11. It was a late night shift. And that shift, were great for a lot of people. We had like the basically the same team members for a while. We stuck around because it worked great in our lifestyle, especially people who had kids. They had a three o'clock also till eleven eleven thirty shift, and you got night diff. That's all great. But one person that didn't stick around and always changed, little over three months into the game, was a supervisor. It was a running joke that we had between us that ev. Every three months, we would get another super, a little over three months, and they would all say the same thing. Yeah, I'm here for the long haul. I'm going to go ahead and help you guys out. I'm here for the long haul. As soon as a day schedule opened up and they reached that three-month period that they couldn't, you know what I mean? Basically, they couldn't just switch out a month into it. They had to at least be on that schedule for at least 90 days. As soon as a day schedule would open up, they were like a – interception, Deion Sanders in his prime, taking it to the house. They were gone. They would take that chip. So having said that, I understand this is how the business works. When Deion Sanders took the job in Colorado, for those who didn't pay attention, let me give you what happened. I got a chance to see some insight of what's going on in Colorado. They had bad culture. The team and the players were used to losing. Unfortunately, you might think that's not existent. It is existent. When you're losing, you get used to it, and you'll deal and act accordingly. That was definitely the part that the players were doing. Having said that, when Deion Sanders came in, the players, most of them were D3-type players, kind of like average is what they would say. Okay, When he came in, basically, if you had a D3 offer from the prior coach, he was rescinding, basically taking away that offer and saying, okay, that was a prior administration. I'm not going to just give you that offer that they give. I'm not going to basically just go with the flow, so to speak, and let you come on in with that D3 offer. So basically he said, nope, you guys who are D3s or don't want to be here, go ahead and transfer out in the portal. What ended up happening was a lot of his Jack State players came over. So he was able to recruit them and a lot more. So he had a lot of D3 players going out, a lot of D5 players coming in. And players that already knew Coach Prime, and he got some new ones along the way. So basically, you keep doing that. You know, Deion Sanders, you know, he's he's a sled, man. People, people, you know that when you play for him, you have a very good chance of getting that exposure, even in a team as Colorado, 
maybe not a pack, maybe not a big time program like Alabama or Georgia, you have an opportunity to go ahead and get a spotlight. And you know, camera's going to be around him all the time. So, saying, having said that, he had gotten a lot of D5 top tier Heisman type candidate players to come. You know, his son and another player too. Slip my mind real quick. I'll get get, get you that name. But the point is, his team was going to be at least stacked with talent. So I'm not surprised they're doing well. The only thing I will say is it is getting old already. The same theme. Okay, they disrespected us. We felt disrespected. And because we felt disrespected, we beat you down. And I'm like, okay, this is getting old and tired. Okay, it's like, all right, you don't have to keep repeating that you're a black man doing well. We can see you're black. We already know this. Some things go without saying. And not only that, you got to understand that there might be another coach behind you that might be black. And guess what? White people be like, hey, you know what? We, last time we let you guys in, man, you wouldn't let us forget it. Just gave us a headache about it every game. So just focus on the game. Not everybody is going to go ahead and bow down and kiss your rear end. Let me just call for what it is. They're not going to do it. I have been a top performer for many, 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 many years as a sales professional. Check my background. I know what it takes to be at the top. Having said that, sometimes you just 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 work in silence. Just keep your mouth shut. Go ahead and go about your business and let your actions speak. It, sometimes you said it in game one, I let it slide. But now it's becoming like even me as a brother is getting monotonous. Like, okay, I don't have to listen to this the whole season. Same thing with, with his son. Like, no, they disrespected me. And because they disrespected me, I had to show them up. Okay, we get it. You got to find another way to motivate yourself because at some point, a team is not going to say anything. And guess what? Now what are you going to use to motivate yourself? Okay, this theme is getting old. Not everybody's going to kiss your rear end. Being a top performer, not everybody's going to kiss my rear It wasn't even a racial thing sometimes. It's just a competitive thing. Some people are just not going to just do it. They're just not going to do it. It's the way it goes. Let your performance speak for itself. You've made it clear where you stand. We get it. I did not doubt Colorado was going to do well. They've already done better than they did last year. They already got two wins. It's a long season. You have a long way to go. A lot of things can happen this season. I wish well, but let's keep it in perspective. Let's keep it in perspective, folks. Having said that, I don't agree with the other coach of talking about taking your hat off and taking your sunglasses because that's just board, you know, bulletin material you just gave them that they could use to go ahead and motivate them some more. A smart competitor would just, just play cool for the week, not really say anything. Keep that opinion to yourself because obviously they're going to use that to beat you. So I just get tired of hearing the same theme over and over again. People are not going to bow down to you and kiss your rear end, whether you are white or black. That's just how it goes in life. Your expectation versus what it really might happen are two different things. That's just life, especially when you're dealing with a competitive environment. 
people are not going to bow down to you. Keep that in mind. We get it. We know that people doubted you. We understand that. Play your game. Do your thing. That's what I'm going to say. And that is not just my opinion. That is the overwhelming opinion that I've heard from a lot of people. And I kind of agree with it. Like, okay, I have to deal with this the whole season. Yes, it's a great start, but there's a long way to go. Having said that, the U is off to a 3-0 start. You wouldn't even know that until my former guest, David Himes, brought that to my attention because we all know where the media attention is right now in college football. So having said that, I believe that they're going to go 3-0 now. I think, I, I do think. And does this surprise me? No. Again, I know some of the facts behind it. A lot of great athletes on that Colorado team. It's a different ball game. This is what it is. You know, Dion also is not only a great coach, but he's also a great recruiter, hence the reason why he had so much talent on the team. And it's going to be quite interesting going forward. Speaking of Deion Sanders, we're going to transition and talk about the Yankees. You know, we're going to talk about the Yankees. Deion Sanders used to actually play for the Yankees, ironically. So the Yankees just celebrated Old Timers Day this past week. So let me give you some insight on that as well. That was awesome. I really do think that this was really centered around the 98 Yankees team. And it was really cool to have an old timers day to have the old gang back together. You know, I can't believe it, but it's been 25 years. I mean, 25 years since 1998. It doesn't feel like 25 years. But when you saw some of the players on the field, you saw the gray hairs of most of them. Yeah, that was kind of a clue. That was 25 years ago. But, man, it is great that the majority, overwhelming majority was there. That was a stud team. And having said that, they deserve another round of applause. You know, this is what you do. The point I was making in the last segment, the Yankees lost. They won in 96. They lost in 97. And they came back 98 strong. This 98 team was not a boastful team. They didn't tell everybody what their goals were. They went ahead and played as a team. Team games, as I was talking about also earlier, it was about winning. Nobody cared about who got the credit. Nobody cared about egos. Nobody cared about the shine. They just cared about who was getting the wins and the losses. And they got plenty of wins, folks. That 98 team was a stud. They had 114 wins. 114 wins, 48 losses, which is a .704 winning percentage. On top of that, like Derek Jeter said, they pretty much won the division in May. Check this out. The next place team was the Red Sox. They were 22 games behind the Yankees. The Rays, unfortunately, this year had a really rough year. 
they were 51 games behind the Yankees. That is a phenomenal win percentage and phenomenal season. They swept the World Series. This team was considered one of the all-time greatest teams ever. 1927 was just by a tick, had a little bit better win percentage. But man, that is phenomenal. And to have them all there, great. Our great friend, Daryl Stroy was there in the house and Man, I would have done anything to go ahead and cover the media on that. That was just fantastic. You know, Brocious is ferocious. Scott Brocious was there. David Wells was there. Speaking on David Wells, some, I love myself some David Wells. That perfect game was awesome that he threw. But sometimes, David, just enjoy the moment. Not everything you need to use your platform to make a political statement. Covering up the Nike sign. Talking about woke. It, it, sometimes it's just a time and a place for it. Just go ahead, enjoy the moment, enjoy the celebration. Not everything has to be used as a platform for a political statement. Sometimes it gets old. And though, even if you have a point, just enjoy the fact that you're able to enjoy a 25-year anniversary with one of the greatest teams ever assembled. That is a model that guys can use. As I was talking about the wide receiver position earlier, if you just care about winning, you know, saying you got the money usually already locked up, worry about your wins and losses and being a great teammate. It'll take you much further. The Yankees, the 98 Yankees are definitely, I mean, household names at that point. I mean, you had the Dow Strowers, you had some of the guys like that, but Scott Brocious, guys who, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't ring about getting that type of clout. And one of the things that was interesting about that year is that Tino Martinez led the team with home runs of 28. And that was the same year that (laughs) Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire did their thing. And while people were thinking about the home runs, the Yankees were thinking about wins and losses. And they just kind of kept their mouth shut, gobbled up all those wins. And that that was the one of the greatest teams ever assembled, the 98 Yankees. It was great to see the old cast again at Yankee Stadium. Round of applause again for Old Timers Day and the New York Yankees. That was fantastic. And you can check a lot of that, the film on YouTube. I did get a chance to check that out. And the Rays are stirring up the pot again. You know, they, they're talking about go ahead and and doing their thing. And, you know, Stuart Steinberg was talking about drumming up the talk again about the, the Rays getting, getting the funds for the Rays to go ahead and move. I'm going to be real with you guys. I just don't see it happening. People, I think, wouldn't mind the Rays moving to Ebor, And I do think logistically it would help out with ticket sales just because it will be an area where it's kind of crowded a bit. You have a lot of things going on. 
Somebody last minute might just go ahead and go to a, a Rays game by convenience. Unfortunately for Tampa Bay, it's not sometimes some, anything they did wrong. It's just that the Rays have had a winning team. That was 98 when I told you they were 51 games back, but that's not how it is now. Over the last decade, the Rays have put together a very, very competitive, very strong competitive product on the field. And it's been year after year after year after year. In fact, you know, the way it is looking at now, the Rays are on pace to make the playoffs again. And right now they're tied for first with the Orioles. 92 wins, 57 losses, a .617. Win percentage is very, very, very good. They're on pace to possibly win a division. Things have changed for the Rays as far as, you know, their thing. However, I just think that as much as I, I would love for them to move to Ebor, more reason than just the attendance, there's a lot of history with Ebor and the Rays. You can check that on the videos that I have right there on the YouTube channel, Alan Alford. Just type in Alan Alford and YouTube, you'll come up. Subscribe and like that video. And I did a, a video about the Tampa Baseball Museum. Very cool place to visit. There's a lot of rich history in the Rays and Ebor and Ebor and baseball. So I think it'd be a really cool move. Fortunately, when it comes to paying the bills, people want a new stadium, but nobody wants to pay for a new stadium. And Unless they could subsidize a lot of the costs through advertising, other promotions, and something else, I just think it's going to be a hard sell. You know, people work hard nowadays. At the end of the day of paying all your bills, there really just isn't much left to kind of float. That's just the way it goes, unfortunately. Having said that, let's take another great caller here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Hi, this is Diane. Hey, how you doing, Diane? How you feeling today? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. And we, you know, Lou made a, re- a revelation tonight that I did not know. I will put you on the spot a little bit, but he said that you and Lou are an item. <laughs> Um, I guess if you want to call it that, but what really, <laughs> really happens is I go over to his house on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. You know, that's great. Mm-hmm. How have you been? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. And uh, definitely I wanted to get your thoughts about the Jets and that Week one win, and unfortunately, the week one injury for Aaron Rodgers. He's out. And I think yeah. the Jets are going to do good at all. You don't think the Jets are going to be good at all now? Yeah, they have Zach Wilson, and from right here, he's not good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping for Lou and yourself that they – can do things, turn things around. They did. They did beat your your team, the Bills. I know. That, were you shocked? 
Yes. Yeah, I mean, the Bills need to turn things around pretty quick. They're facing the Raiders. Do you think they're going to beat the Raiders? Yes. All right, so the Bills are going to get game one. I, I did pick the Bills to beat the Raiders, too, so hopefully we're both right and they take care of business. So yep. you think uh, Josh Allen will come back to form week two? Yes. Also, I wanted to ask you, with Stephon Diggs, do you think they need to throw him the ball more frequently? Um, yes. All right. So that's cool. So definitely I'm glad this, to hear that. This is Stephon Diggs play. Yeah, Stephon Diggs. They, what they, position is Stephon Diggs? Oh, wide receiver for the Bills. Oh, okay. Man. Yeah, they need him throw him the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. You know, he's he's a, he's a great receiver too. But yeah, yeah. this is this is going to be a big weekend, a big mm-hmm. big weekend with college sports and any other things you have predictions you have for this weekend. Mm. No. Yeah, so it's going to be a a great weekend and definitely it's so so cool that uh everything is going good between you and Lou. That that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so and for those who don't know, tell them about the enhanced sports show. Okay, the the Enhanced Work Show is on Saturdays from 4 to 6, and the number is 512-543-4662. The Enhanced Sports Show, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone tomorrow. You can do check it right on YouTube or call in. Definitely call in, 512 512- Five four three four six six two five one two five four three four six six two. So I will definitely do the best I can to call in tomorrow. I did tell Lou that I do have two engagements. One is Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, his only barbecue of the year, and I have a birthday party I have to go to for one of my kids' classmates. But I am going to still do my best to call in. I hope you're there tomorrow, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it should be a great show. So I'm looking forward to calling in tomorrow, and I appreciate you calling in. That's so awesome to hear from you, Diane. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for calling in. I hope you have a great night and a great weekend. I really appreciate you. Thank you. I hope you have a great night and a great weekend, too. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Have a blessed night. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Always great mm-hmm. to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Take care now. That's awesome that we got a chance to hear from Diane. Two weeks in a row. That's so so cool. So give a round of applause for Diane. always amazing to hear from great people that's one of the great things about the Allen Alfred Sports Show is amazing people 
that call in and also listeners. I am so blessed to have you guys on board. The number here is 516-418-5572. 516-418-5572. You know, as I was stating about the raise is with Stuart Sternberg, I appreciate the motivation to move the team to get in a more viable location where they would get some more support. Nowadays, if you're asking for the public to pay for it, that's where there's going to be a holdup. People just don't have Stuart Sternberg type money. They just don't. They don't have that type of ends at the end of the week. Bills, things are expensive, grocery expensive. You can clearly see that a lot of businesses are making up for the loss of COVID, we're charging a lot, giving you less. At the end of the day, if you're asking for people to help you pay, that is going to be a tough sell. Unless you got a major discount and most of it is going to be funded through other sources and you're asking for maybe 10, 20% possibly. But if you're asking for the 50%, 60 plus, it's going to be a tough sell. That's just the way it goes especially being that with baseball, as much as I love baseball, baseball is not, unfortunately, especially in Florida, is not the number one sport. It's way down there, which actually NFL sports is not even number one. It's usually collegiate sports, number one. You got NASCAR. You got NFL. You got a lot of competition, even with the Rays winning, as we've seen over the last decade. And they are drawing really well. I mean, I have to say, you know, it's, it's not sold out every game, but hey, with those great promotions that the Rays are doing, sometimes the grass is not greener on the other side. That's just, I'm going to say it like that. One of the great things about having the, the ballpark in St. Pete, even though I don't, I don't, not thrilled about the drive, they do have a lot of landscape as far as parking, off site parking. You know, you have ways to get there. When you're dealing with Ybor City, it's, it's already right now, I would say about, 95% type full. Not every single business is filled up there, but it's getting kind of crowded. And I definitely with the new ballpark there, it'll be more crowded. I could see it working, but there is going to be some negatives too. I just keep that in mind. And that area too to live in is not cheap either around the Tampa Bay, the Ebor City area. So I think it's going to be tough. I I'm also I'm hoping and hopeful that here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show that we will get media access to the Rays. I'm keeping a positive attitude on that. I keep on plugging away to try to get that access. Please just give me an opportunity here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show and see how it goes, and we'll go from there. And I feel like I'm kind of late to the party. If I would have done this back in '98, it probably wouldn't have been an issue. But now. <laughs> that they've been winning over the last decade plus that's where the issue lies sometimes. So it's okay. I'm going to keep plugging away. Now switching gears, talking a little bit about boxing and the news this week was that Terrence Crawford is demanding a bit more money to fight at the 154 weight where they felt as if that's probably where they're going to fight at. For the rematch, that's definitely where Arrow wants to be at 110%. I think with Terrence, he would be cool at 154 too because he said it's hard for him to make 147. 
But the thing that was interesting is that he called out Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman. And I will just say this much. I think Terrence Crawford, as much as I think he's an elite boxer, he's fantastic what he does, big props of what he did, beating Errol the way he did, I do feel as if Terrence is a little bored. Why I say that is because why do you need to even bring up Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman? We all know that you weren't going to fight Keith Thurman. You said that in social media. I saw the post when he was calling you out. I saw those emojis. Those emojis said it all. You're not interested in fighting him. Okay, we get it. Danny Garcia was a little new. I didn't know that he was thrown in that same pot. But even saying that, Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman are not, unfortunately, with all due respect, with all due respect, they're not on Terrence Crawford's level. Not only are they not on his level, let me just go into that first. Then I'll talk about my thoughts about Terrence Crawford actually saying this. Okay. I talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. One of the great philosophies that George Foreman had when he, when he kind of took a tired from boxing for quite so many years and then had to re- go into boxing. I won't say the reasons why you have to watch the movie and, you know, learn about a story. He said, when I got back into the boxing game after the long retirement, I didn't try to fight the number one or number two guy. Everybody wants to go for the number one or number two guy, basically chasing waterfalls. I started at the bottom, worked my way up, and then he beat Mike Mora for signature championship win. Keith Thurman, in particular, needs to go that route. You need to stop calling. And we had Keith Thurman on our show I am not hating on Keith Thurman, but I'm giving some sound advice here, not dissing, helping. As I said before on this show before several times, you need to stop chasing waterfalls. Like the song says, go ahead and give Errol Spence a call or Boots Ennis a call. Those two guys where you need to kind of stay, stay within. Forget about Errol for now. I'm sorry, forget about Forget about Terrence. I beg your pardon. Forget about Terrence for now. Just put him out of your mind. Terrence is not interested in fighting you, nor is he, not only is he not interested in fighting you, he shouldn't fight you because in his view, you don't have anything to offer him. Terrence also is thinking about calling a raps on his career. This is what I think is going to happen. He is going to probably have to do this rematch because contractual. And he will go ahead and beat Errol Spence again. After that, I think he wants to win in that 168-pound division against Canelo or Charlo. I think he wants to do that. I think he beats either one of those two guys. He definitely has to watch out for that power. I actually do think, yeah, he wins. And then be a three-time undisputed champ and then more than likely retire. I think he wants to fight at most two more fights. I don't think he wants to even fight in the 154 division because of the fact that if he fights in the 154 division, he probably is going to have to fight probably four times. Because let's say he fights in 154. 154, he's going to have to go through Charlo. But we all know Charlo is going to duck and dodge. So more than likely, when Charlo fights... 
Canelo. He's going to lose the 154, one of his belts, to Tim Zhu. So what at the 154 weight class, Terrence Crawford would have to fight Tim Zhu and then use that as leverage to fight against a fight then against Charlo. And that's going to be another four fights, basically. Well, the rematch, Tim Zhu, three fights. I'm sorry. The fact that he wants to fight somebody at 168, he only has to fight two. The rematch and then 168. That's it. The chance of him fighting Keith Thurman are very, very – it's not even on the radar. Let's just call it what it is. It's very obvious, too. It's not on the radar. You're wasting time and brain cells at this point thinking he's going to even fight you. You're wasting even oxygen on that. It's not going to happen. And on top, and I'm saying this with all due respect. Sometimes when somebody's looking from the outside in, they can give you a perspective with you being on the inside that you can't see. He's not going to do it. With Danny Garcia, the same thing. He has no reason to fight Danny Garcia. There's nothing that he's going to actually gain from fighting Danny Garcia. It's, it's more of a, if I fight this guy, I can lose a lot and gain nothing. I mean, when I, and I'm not saying it's a diss on either guy, but what belts are you going to gain by fighting them? At least if he fights at 168, there's a risk and a reward, a huge reward. Hey, it's going to be potentially your last fight. You win at 168, you three-time division, undisputed, three times undisputed, and let's say it works out. He didn't lose a fight. He's going to be one of the greatest of all time, period. And without people really saying much to dispute it. He's looking for legacy and, of course, payday on the the way out the door. I can kind of read through what he's saying. The man's about to hang up the gloves. You know, he's elite. He's great. But he's been in a boxing game for 30 years. Why do I say this that way? Guess who has been in the top performing sales game for almost 30 years? I was six months away from 30 years in sales as a top performer. I know and feel what Terrence Crawford is feeling. It's getting towards the end. Not to say that he might change his mind. Of course, he might get the hunger back, but I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I could hear what he's saying, and I think he's trying to ride off in the sunset and get the last fight to tops three. I say tops three. And the only reason why I say tops three is because let's say he did do that 154 thing. It's not going to be too many. And even if it's three or four, let's say it's three or four, and I'm wrong, it's not going to include Danny Garcia, you know, with all due respect, or Keith Thurman on the short list. It's just not. It's not. It's not going to include them. Having said that, Keith, give Boots Ennis a call. Give Errol Spence a call after this fight. I said it before. I think you'll have a 50% chance of winning. If Errol Spence were to fight Keith Thurman, I actually would give that situation, I would give Errol about a, I'd say about a 60% chance of winning against, a 60% chance of winning against Errol. You know, I, I do. I, I give Errol, I'm sorry, I give Errol a 60% chance of winning against Keith Thurman. I give him a 60% chance of winning against Boots, too. I give him a 50% chance of winning against Tim Zhu. I think Tim Zhu is going to be a tougher guy to beat than those other two guys based on style 
and his punching ability. He's been at the 154 a lot. That actually would be a dangerous fight for a guy like Errol Spence with his style and the fact that his defense is not where it really should be. So having said that, stop chasing waterfalls. Keith, give those two guys a call. They're not interested. Those two, find somebody else in the 154, 147 weight class. I would say 154 just because I, I just think being out of the game as long as you have, I think it's going to be tough to make 147. This is being real. So find somebody else at 154. I actually wouldn't fight Tim Zhu right off the bat at 154. I would fight someone else, Boots, Errol Spence. I just think that those are a little bit less risk or somebody else in 154. Stop chasing waterfalls. See how it goes. So I will give you more boxing news as it comes up. And last thing I'm going to say on the Terrence Crawford thing is, Terrence, you don't need to bring those two guys up. We know you're not fighting them. You don't have to explain anymore. I already knew that you weren't fighting Keith Thurman or Danny Garcia. They're not on the short list. I get it. You don't have to keep bringing them up or dissing them, throwing them off the bus. Don't even bring it up because it starts the conversation all over again. I already know you're not fighting Errol. I'm not sorry. I already know you're not interested in fighting Danny Garcia, which I agree with, actually, as well as Keith Thurman. I unfortunately agree with that, too. So having said that, sometimes things you don't have to respond to. Everything someone says, just let it go. Having said that, I want to let you guys know, once again, if you missed at the beginning of the show, I will be eating tomorrow. Check this out, folks. The one time a year only that Chef G's has a cookout or barbecue is tomorrow. I will be there at 301 South 22nd Street supporting my good friend and so supporter Chef G's. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce or Gaston's Culinary Services. He does culinary services. You need his help. And you guys can go ahead and support him as well. If you can't make it, go to Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. You can find his website at flbbqsauce.com. flbbqsauce.com. Four different flavors. Definitely it's delicious. You can let me know which one you enjoy the most. Those four flavors are original, which is classic, fusion, honey mustard, and heat wave. Bringing the heat. I'm excited to go ahead and check out this great food. Chef G's knows how to cook. So this is going to be a great treat for me tomorrow. It's going to be a great treat for you too. Check out Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. In fact, we're going to play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song right now, written and produced by... Sam Scola there in Maine. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary. This is the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. We're going to play that for you right now on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Natural flavor, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs, tasty fusion. 
Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables. Chef cheese. Florida barbecue sauce. Chef cheese. Florida barbecue sauce. Chef cheese. Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. I'm going to be addicted all day tomorrow. So you guys too, flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. It's going to be awesome. Did want to say, hey guys, if you haven't done so already, please kindly like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just type in Alan, A-L-A-N. Alford, A-L-F-O-R-D. Appreciate you guys' support. You can also follow us at the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show right there on Facebook or just type in Alan Alford underscore right on Instagram. Really appreciate all the great comments and feedback I've been getting from you great supporters out there. The Michael Orr versus the Tui's video is doing phenomenal, fantastic. A lot of great positive comments. Some people disagreed on certain things, but it's all good. Check out that video, Michael Orr versus the Tuies. And just to clear things up, some a lot of requests have been coming through. I am going to do a part two of that video. I've gotten a lot of requests to do a part two. I will indeed do it. I'm not going to do it right away. I'm going to wait till some more things happen in this case. And then when the time is right, I will go ahead and produce it. But I'm already downloading and getting information for part two. So it's going to be a part two. I'm excited about doing it. Just waiting for more revelations to catch up. And I will publish that video and let you guys know. Make sure you subscribe to that channel, Alan Alford. Really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate. Let me go ahead and give you the phone number for next week. It's 516-418. 5572. Again, it's 516-418-5572. Really appreciate Lou for calling in. Really appreciate Diane for calling in as well. Great callers. Always a great thing. Great supporters. You guys are phenomenal. Really appreciate you guys listening to another great episode of the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. Want to go ahead, give props to Sam Scola once again. Props to Chef G's. And props to you guys. So this is the end of the show. The end of the show outro is done once again by our great musician, Sam Scola from Maine. Sam Scola from Maine. He is doing big things. He's on vacation now in Greece, enjoying it. Safe travels and great vacation there for Sam Scola and Mary. Guys are awesome. Really appreciate you. Be blessed. Be well out there, folks. Take care of yourself. Take care of someone else. Be healthy. Be well. Till we meet again, this is Sam Scola with the end of the show. Have a blessed weekend. Take care for now. Let's thank all the fans before.
Oh, we.